You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. the finished football show i'm mark wiltshire and i don't have an intro written out today so i'm gonna make it up off the top of my head i'm joined first of all by rich nelson hi rich hello and ali manson hi ali moika and primarily we're going to be looking back at the recent two games for the men's national team the hulkayat um versus uh, a four nil win versus northern ireland followed by a slightly not lucky but but closer than <laughs> closer than was comfortable 2-1 win over San Marino um we'll hear from Keke on about his travels to the principality and we'll look at the Euro 2024 playoffs that Finland will now find themselves in um and we'll also have a look at the um, Nations League fixtures coming up for the Helmerit, the women's national team, and look at the squad that's just been announced for those games. Um, that sounds like quite a lot. So I reckon without hanging around too long and waffling on, we should we should crack on with it. We'll start with Finland 4, Northern Ireland nil. Um, goals close to half-time from uh, Pochienpalo. And then most of the action seems to take place in the second half with goals by Hawkins on 48, Pukki on 74 and Ludd on 88. Um, Rich, maybe first, do you want to start by just talking through the team for that game? Um, yeah, so the it was a fairly about as first choice-ish as you could expect from Finland. Um, he went with, uh, River went with four at the back this time. Uh, Tenho and Ivanov in the in the center, Alho at right back, and Matti Peltola at left back. Um Peltola's very much a seems to be a favorite of Rive over the last few months. I know he's done well for, for Hoyiko. And um yeah, so he started at left back and then in the midfield, uh what is becoming looks like the first choice three of Shula, uh Glenn Kamara and Khan Kairinen. And up front, your boy and Palo. And then either side of him, Daniel Hawkins and um, and Frederick Jensen. That was his, his first appearance for quite some time. Um, I think it was quite, f- from that point of view, quite attacking. I think um, with the situation that Finland were in, we already knew we couldn't qualify. But I think it's one of these where it's important we knew that there were playoffs coming to get a good performance and some goals on the board. It didn't affect any seedings or anything. That. It was already sorted. So it was... They're essentially warm-ups for for March's playoffs. Um, Northern Ireland, um, they actually started with former Hoyikor keeper Connor Hazard in goal, which was nice for him. Um, weirdly, last week it came out that he was the highest-played Vakehouse League player um, in 2022. But probably paid by Celtic rather than by um, Hoyikor. A, lo- a lot of it was by Celtic and Hoyikor funded as that as well. But, um, but yeah, he was by far, I think, double the next player, which okay. shows a lot of what he was... Um, Basically, because that comes out of the uh, the annual publishing of such yeah, figures. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Northern Ireland from, again, I, I didn't know too many of their players, but I think from, from what I read and what I heard, it's a very injury hit squad. A lot of young players coming in when they're not perhaps ready. It's been a very tough campaign for them. Their previous points have all come against San Marino and they'd lost every other game. Um, they, as you'd probably expect from from Northern Ireland, made it tough. For Finland, they were certainly resolute and, I guess, energetic and lively. They they had a couple of very very half chances, but they were just really strong and tough. Um, and in the past, I think Finland, yeah, I mean they they lost to Northern Ireland in Euro twenty sixteen qualifying, and and I think it was one of those that it, it just seemed like a breakthrough was needed. And uh, Palo's penalty just before half time really kind of helped getting that going in at one nil up in that game made a massive difference because I think going in at nil nil people would have started to get a little bit kind of frustrated um and that but uh yeah it was it was a tough 
attritional kind of first 40, 45 minutes. Well, I, I, Ali, were you at the game? Uh, no, I, okay. I wasn't in the end. Uh, I had to go to a, I say I had to go. I went uh, to a friend's surprise party. So uh, a, a good enough excuse not to go. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair enough. I was just, um, I, I, <laughs> I was throwing a party at that time. So we had friends around and I didn't get to see the game either. And the kind of comments that were being made in our WhatsApp group weren't making me rush to find a place on the sofa and, and check in. Um, but the first half sounds like it was quite hard work up until that goal. Um, but I'm guessing the, <laughs> the start of the game and the first half was about as good as, as welcome a homecoming for Connor Hazard as it was ever going to get because the second half certainly got away from him. And I, I noticed that he had, the lowest sort of player rating, I think, in the whole in the whole game. So, um, either of you answer this. You know, was it was it down to him, or did Finland really pick it up in the second half? Well, I mean, on that, if if you look at all the goals, I don't really know if Hazard was at fault for any of them. I think all, all of them were excellent finishes. I mean, the penalty. Even if he goes the right way, it was so in the corner um, that would have been tough to stop. And then I think all the other goals were were excellent finishes. Um, yeah, I I didn't watch it live. I've only watched the um, sort of the the eight nine minute highlights. Um, but from that, it didn't look like he made any gaffes uh, at all. I just think, yeah, sort of as as Rich alluded to, we we just needed that little bit of patience got the goal before uh before and after half time i think yes northern ireland if they had kept it nil nil in the first half they would have taken some heart into that but the fact that we got the goal and then i can just imagine that you know the northern ireland team talk at half time will be you know one that they've had to change <laughs> because of that, that that late goal in the first half and then conceding an early goal in the second half when it's 2-0 you know I wouldn't say that their heads dropped because they did still create a few created a, a few chances, but after that, it's sort of you felt that it was a matter of how many are Finland going to get rather than Northern Ireland getting back into the game. Yeah, three minutes before and three minutes after half time is a very nice yeah, time. To score. That second that second goal from Hawkins was lovely. I think um, his emergence into the Finland team in the last six months. I think it's shown, I mean, he always showed potential when he was at Asikon. I haven't seen a lot of him since he's gone to Norway, but, um, and, and the stories and the, the reports about him are always his pace. But I think the second goal showed his kind of movement and, and ball control. And it was a nice one-two with Kamara, but it was a great finish as well. And admittedly, he had the freedom of the Northern Ireland, that side of their defence to run into um, Kamara's pass. But I think... Um, what he's doing is he's really making that left-sided attacking position his. And I think the in, he missed, I think it was the Slovenia game with injury. And obviously that turned out to be the, the crucial one, really, for why Finland didn't qualify automatically. But I think his form and the, the performances he's shown, yes, against the opposition that he's played against, but still he's becoming a really important player for Finland. And I think... Um, He's got a lot to offer, and again, another difficult situation that Rive is probably enjoying having. Yeah, we're not we're not short of those uh, sort of creative attacking players. You know, we we talked about uh, Robert Taylor in the last few months, and in the previous couple of games, he he really stood out. Um, what was nice to see. In these two games, was the was the resurrection of Robin Lud as well. Yeah, I mean he's always been a vital player for Finland. Um, I think the last year he's been suffering with injury, and I, I know, you know he's been doing really well when he was fit for for Minnesota, and now he's pairing up with with Puki over there as well. I think um, it's it's not. I mean I've always been a big fan of his, but his his position he's more advanced perhaps than that kind of attacking midfield. I mean, he's often played as a number 10 with with Puki for Finland. So I think, again, 
he's a player with experience and caliber and he's he's a good finisher as well as as we saw with his goal but i think um he he gives perhaps that little bit more nous and a little bit more i think some of the others are a little bit more raw still and a little bit lacking in experience i mean hawkins is more direct than any of them um but i think lud's positioning and i think working that that relationship he's got especially with pookie is um is valuable it's good to have him back because he's a almost a definite starter when he's fit. Mm. Yeah, it seems, seems to be in quite a short space of time as well. Um, I think the value of Finland having a strong team against Northern Ireland was really highlighted on Monday when Northern Ireland played against Denmark and managed to be well, Denmark B or maybe even C team, but they, they managed to pick up a win there. So there's clearly... Maybe it was for pride, but there was there 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 is danger there, but they just can't seem to bring it out often enough, I guess. So we moved on to Monday, San Marino one, Finland two. Um, this was also now. I, I think if I can quote you, Rich, I'm not sure if this was on Twitter that. That this will be is like the dictionary definition of a dead rubber, or was that the Friday game? I can't remember. Um, now. There was that was actually the snarky. Friday. Oh, okay, fine. that was some... Friday before the first goal. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it was fair, but then they ruined it by scoring loads of goals. And uh, and okay, so the San, well, the San Marino game wasn't much much better, was it? Uh, it was it was hard work. Um, I mean, looking at the Ali, have you got the team in front of you there? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do you want to run through the the team? And uh, there were a few changes for, for a few changes from the previous game, and also you know a few players that don't don't appear so often. Well, yeah, and I, I think the the most notable ones were you know Sinisalo coming in coming coming in uh, in goal. It was nice to see him um, get a run out or a walk about as he was in goal and didn't have. <laughs> Too much to do, um, but you know, good for him to get ninety minutes of of international football. Um, then we had again, we were set up in sort of a, a four three three um, kind of formation, which again you would expect. I don't think anyone was expecting a, a back five against San Marino. Um, had Sori right back, uh, Hoskonen, Jensen in the centre, and then Thomas Galvez mm-hmm. who. Uh, None of us really knew too much about before this uh, the, the squad was announced a couple of weeks ago. And I still think many of us don't know too much, but it was definitely a, an interesting inclusion. And I mean, he nearly scored after nine minutes as well. So, yeah. I mean, clearly this was a, an introduction for him to get some minutes uh, under his belt and then also hopefully try to persuade him to choose his allegiance to play for Finland in the future, because I believe he can play for England and Spain uh, as well. On that, on that point, though, he has played for Finland from under fifteen level all the way up now to the the national team. So I think, I think his IT deserves a bit of credit for um, clearly making him identify as a as a Finn when he's got all those other options. Uh, and and to be there. fair, he he did he did an interview with Ula um, that was played um, like the interview was played before the game on Finnish TV and he did say that he considers himself Finnish and you could tell there was definite pride for him to be playing with the team that getting the call up so um yeah I I would say that the chances of him perhaps staying in and around the squad are are definitely quite positive Mm. um and yeah as I said he, he nearly scored after nine minutes I mean what a debut that would have been um and generally I thought he played thought he played well um, and then in the midfield, we had Glenn Kamara, uh, Lucas Lingman and Taylor. And then further forward, uh, Lod got another got another start. Tamer Pukki and Hawkins again playing as the left winger. Um, again, sort of what we were saying earlier about Hawkins. Um, I'm really glad he's playing in that position and further forward because against Kazakhstan, Riva kind of experimented with this interchanging wing back kind of thing, and it really didn't work. Hawkins didn't look at all comfortable in that position. So hopefully, further forward, 
that's exactly what we're going to see him. I, I think it's notable that there were a lot of changes in that team, and yet it oh, okay the the two obvious exceptions, but it didn't feel like a a weakened team. It wasn't a, a team where you thought, oh, they, they you know it's only San Marino, so you know we'll we'll somehow take it easy. At least that was what River. Uh, planned the players didn't quite read the script and and go and grab a hat full of goals again but it was it was tough rich wasn't it the the well they they, they kind of parked two buses most games san marino don't they and it, that's how it was this time yeah it's it's it was a painful watch to be honest i think finland were trying and it was like playing against 11 cones but the cones just kind of moved further backwards and further backwards on top of each other. And it was difficult when Finland are <laughs> trying to play with the ball and, and again, trying to manufacture that space. Um, and with the players that have, especially Hawkins pace, it, it's difficult when you're playing away or we're playing any team like that, who are defensive when they're not going to leave many gaps behind. And as I said, his strengths are being direct and quick and there's nothing for him to run into. Um, and I guess that's where, you know, you'd want players like Long Lingman and Lodd to kind of have a little bit more technicality on the ball and, and Kamara as well. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, San Marino just, Christ, it's hard work, isn't it? But, um, you know, be bear in mind, they were coming into this game and their ambition appeared to be to score a goal. And having scored in their previous two qualifiers as well, and as, um, as, as we know, they managed to get an injury time penalty. And I think it's the first time in 20 years that they've scored in three consecutive games now. So, um, I, I, and it's an odd one. I mean, again, you know, we, we used to, when we played San Marino at home, we've absolutely battered them. And this time round, you know, the pitch wasn't great. They were really tough. And the fact is that Finland had a lot of half chances. And, but, you know, San Marino, are, that's what they do. And unless you score early against them, and even if you do, they're not going to come out and start playing. They're yeah, not, still only, not only a lot of, lot of half chances, but also a lot of possession with 80, 80%. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, and it was, but it was a lot of huff and puff, and that, and that pitch made made it look quite uh, sloppy as well. Yeah, because like, as, as Ali said, you know, Galvez was looking good on the ball half the time. He was playing like an inside left. Hmm. He wasn't playing at left back. He was so far inside forward. Inside left? All right. I don't know. With his WM and all that, you know. But he was playing that far forward. He was virtually on the edge of the box most of the time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... And when you look at the fact that the two goals came from Purusori, you know, the other fullback, that's kind of how things are. I mean, again, it would have been nice for... Puki to have got his 40th goal and we thought he had but for that um offside which was weird but um but that's that's why that that lineup is particularly mm. attacking isn't it because you had Galvez going down the left you had Puri <laughs> Puri Soeri able to get down the down the right mm. um it's interesting you you called him a fullback because uh, approximately 47 minutes into the game Mark Hayden said uh Puru just isn't a fullback uh, mm. approximately three minutes before he came in from that fullback position and and took the first goal. And what a classic it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ali, talk us through it. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, it was, it was just utter chaos, wasn't it, in the box? Uh, and uh, was it was it Lodd that flicked it in before the chaos, uh, I think? Uh, I, I can't remember whether it was Lodd or whoever it was, but... At some point, there was a flick into the box, uh, a, a miscontrolled ball, and then it seemed to sort of ping pong, ping pong, if that's the, even the right phrase, but it seemed to bounce off several players and then, oh, it, it ends up in the goalkeeper's hands. You think, okay, you know, this attack has come to has come to nothing. And then for some reason, the goalkeeper decided that his hands were made of jelly or, or something, I don't know, and then it ended up at Sawley's feet and he had a a tap in it was one of those where of course you know you always want to cheer every goal but it almost felt quite hard to cheer this goal because it sort of yes of course there was endeavor and you know 
most strikers of a particular age, they'll always say, oh, you know, you've just got to be in the right positions at the right time, which sorry was, but uh, I think it's one of those where, you know, you take the goal and then then you move on. Um, But it was, of course, what Finland deserved, as we've sort of alluded to, that first half was was hard work. It was a slog, Um, even though I thought we deserved to have had at least one goal by then. The um, San Marino fan account on Twitter described it, and I'm going to have to edit myself. This is by far the shittiest goal I've ever witnessed in my life as a San Marino fan. I hate everything. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're getting trolled by the San Marino fan account, you know that maybe this goal is probably not the goal to to write home about. Yeah, it's quite right as well, yeah. Um, and it was then uh, followed up only eight minutes. It was sort of 10 minutes of quite, um, well, goal mouth action for, for Finland. Um, 50, 58th minute, it was San Marino nil, Finland two. Rich, talk us through that goal. Um, well, that was um, Taylor, sort of Rob Taylor bursting into the box, laying it off for uh, Galvez. And it looked like a nice sort of cutback. It was quite your first instinct is almost you know Galvez runs through and lays it he looks like he's overhit it yeah and into too this, far back yeah and then all of a sudden Soidy appears out of nowhere in the mid you know has all this space and it's a really good finish to be honest I think from from quite deep and you know first time right foot uh along the ground into the goal and I think compared to the first one this one was deserving of a Puskas award it was <laughs> you know all relative though. people weren't kicking goalkeepers and defenders and stuff. It wasn't a playground scramble. This was fairly well worked. And I think it was a night. I mean, the if Galvez, I assume he saw Soidy coming in and the vision to see that avenue opening up. And, you know, I don't know how much involvement he has with Pep Guardiola on a daily basis at Man City, but, you know, that that's the sort of thing you're looking for. And, you know, maybe it is a case of you know, that that's what he's there Therefore, you know, his ability on the ball, he's he's come through English academies. He he was at Watford before Man City. So I think um seeing that space and, and Sori remaining deep enough to make that run onto the ball, um, it was it was good. And I think at was it fifty seven minutes two nil up, maybe again we were hoping that the floodgates would open further and uh, they did not. Well, they nearly I, did. I think there was... Uh, oh, sorry, Mark. No, I was going to say, Ali, they nearly did yeah, open I was on the 60th minute. Hmm. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, I think that there, there was the period after that second goal, maybe for about 10 minutes where... I mean, obviously, we, there was the disallowed goal for offside. And then I, I did still feel after that second goal that a third and a fourth was coming. So I think maybe for 10 minutes after that, it, it was still... I say the word enjoyable loosely, but at least it was some kind of uh, like pro- positive, progressive, again, loosely um, football. But as soon as it got to the 70th minute, it did feel like, OK, well, if we score again, we score again. Um, but we're not going to you know, o- overstretch ourselves. And I think also, even though I thought the substitute, the subs when they came on, you know, did all right. They did okay. No, nothing, um, you know, nothing to really criticise. It the subs did sort of get rid of any kind of rhythm and momentum that was potentially <laughs> being built. I after the Puki goal was disallowed correctly. Um, I made one note between then and the San Marino goal, and that was on seventy sixth that Lucas Lindman was on the right, uh, crossed the ball in, and Hoskinen got up and put a header against the post. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it was, there, there were few and far things, things were few and far between worth writing about, that's that's for sure. Um, until that penalty, Rich, right at the end of the game. Yeah, eight seconds left of normal time, uh, of, of added time, sorry, before... Yeah. Um, San Marino had one of those kind of, oh, it's the end of the game, just, just have a go. And all of a sudden, all this space has opened up. And, um, I mean, Richard Jensen, what a terrible tackle that was. <laughs> it really was. It wasn't a dangerous or nasty tackle. It was just a just badly, bad. badly yeah. timed and nowhere near the ball tackle. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those where Finland were forward, Jensen was the last man. And 
and the attackers got through. I mean, the the thing is, he wouldn't have scored. <laughs> I can have um, had a shot. He, yeah, he would have I mean, been all right. stay on your feet. He wouldn't have scored. He's he's picked up a booking out of it as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's what everyone wanted to see. You know, San Marino getting a basically a free hit on goal um, at the end of the group. You know, this was the the final act of group of the group. And this is San Marino getting a penalty. And I mean, it, you feel bad because, you know, Finland have been on the front foot for 94 and a half minutes. Um, and then this happens. And and again, Sinisalo would have liked to have come away from this with a clean sheet um, and that defence as well. I mean, it's, you know, I think San Marino had only ever scored once against Finland and that was in 1994. And I think by then Finland were already 4 0 up as well. So it's one of these things that, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it um it got the the niche part of Twitter that's still remaining. Uh, get everyone a good laugh, didn't it? Yeah, it certainly it certainly did. And um, Keke actually went to the game over in San Marino, and he's got a few a few thoughts about how that goal was celebrated. But so let's let's head over and hear from Keke all about his trip to San Marino. So, San Marino away. Another one done. Another great trip with Hawke up and all the SMU Corps and Finland fans. I flew from London to Bologna. Met up with the guys and uh, we had a night in Bologna, Saturday night. Went out for a few drinks and some some dinner. We, uh, yeah, visited a, a local restaurant in Bologna and had some pasta ragu. Apparently they don't call it spaghetti bolognese, it's uh, pasta ragu there in Bologna. So that was a, a, a great evening, a few, few beers as I said. Next day we made our, our way by train to um, a smaller town called Cesena, where we were accompanied by quite a few quite a few Finland football fans who had, who had also sussed out that there was a Serie Chi match, so yeah, Serie C, third third Italian division, taking place in Cesena. So we um, we all we all piled in the stadium and was was wowed with a, a three nil win by the home side, but more more so by their unbelievable support from their um, their their ultras in their curva section. It was like for for a third division match. It was really something else. It was it was brilliant. So that was fun. Um, yeah, and then Monday, in our hire car, we made our way from Rimini to to San Marino. Um, what a stunning, stunning place, San Marino! Just yeah, mountainous, mountain top, tiny little country. Made our way to the um, the, the capital, I guess, the the main main town, and. Uh, Climbed up, climbed up to the hill and and walked along to see the the famous three towers of San Marino. A few more beers up there in the various restaurants and yeah, little bit little bit of food there. And then we made our way down to the down to the stadium. The um, the the San Marino people were really welcoming on the on the gate. That was you know fantastic. They had a little area set up for the Finland fans. Made our way in, a few more beers, and yeah, we uh, took our place, took our places in the in the stadium. I'm sure you guys have discussed the ins and outs of the game, but um, yeah, all in all, it was a fantastic experience. The SMU core couples and um, all the all the guys were in fantastic voice, kept uh, kept the singing going. Like to think we did our bit to spur the team on to scoring those two goals in the second half after the. They went in nil nil at half time, but I've got to tell you the, for me the um, it seems a strange one, but the uh, the highlight was probably when San Marino got their their late late penalty on the ninety seventh minute. Obviously, we knew it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna have a, too much of an adverse effect on the result, but yeah, San Marino managed to slot that one away. Their their entire bench, the subs, the coaches, the manager. Half of their families, I think, all made it onto the pitch and celebrated with their 
their goal scorer. And um, yeah, obviously, everyone listening is familiar with the way that goals are, are celebrated in the Olympia Stadium back in Helsinki, you know, where the and and all right across right across Europe, I guess, where stadium announcer will um, <laughs> will announce the the name of the goal scorer and asks the uh, the crowd to 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 sing back with the the surname usually of the um, of the scorer. So San Marino Stadium announcement was beside himself with joy that they had managed to score, um, despite it being you know very very late on in the game, and he. Uh, he did his bit to shout out Filippo and um, yeah, due to the San Marino home crowd not being so large, it was, um, yeah, the, the reply was, was not not too audible. So the, um, the 450 or 500 or so Finland fans decided to do their bit and, and help out. So the, ne- the, the next time he said uh, goal scored by Filippo, the um, the Finland fans roared back Beradi, so um, and that went on for about another four or five times. So that was um, that was yeah something a little bit special. But yeah, fantastic trip. Obviously, we got the, uh, the third spot in the group, and we'll wait to see what happens for the the playoffs that will be drawn tomorrow, probably today when you listen to this. But um, yeah, let's see what let's see where we'll be going next. But cheers, yeah, fantastic fantastic trip as always. And the draw was probably made yesterday by the time this was edited and published, Keke. Uh, but yes, let's have a look uh, at that Group H table and then on to the playoffs, Rich. Um, Ali, do you want to just run through the table where, where it finished finally? Yep. Yeah, so Denmark finished top on 22 points. Uh, Slovenia also finished on 22 points, uh, but Denmark had a superior uh, goal difference. Or oh, no, well they they didn't, but uh, a better head to head to head to head because Slovenia had a, a goal difference of 11. Uh, then Finland with 18, Kazakhstan also on 18. Then we have Northern Ireland down in nine. They had their two wins against San Marino and then the surprise win against Denmark on the final game. And then, of course, San Marino in sixth. With three goals scored. Um, so, Rich, can you talk us through the playoffs? I mean, there's been lots of chatter about this. We were talking about it, uh, what the permutations might be. If I'm honest, when all this sort of stuff's going on, I'm basically fingers in ears, la, 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 wait till it's all played out. And... It has all been played out now. What was going on today? What, what was being drawn? And then how did it all uh, turn out in the end? Um, so essentially, um, Finland, because they hadn't won their Nations League group, were in a bit of a floating situation where they were still eligible to go into the playoffs, but they weren't sure of the pathway because they didn't win their Nations League group. Um, so Poland and Wales uh, were in League A, of the last Nations League, uh, Nations League. So they're in parfait. Uh, Estonia, and I, I'm still trying to get my head around this. Estonia were the best team in League D, mm. and because of the various permutations of other teams not qualifying, they go straight into parfait. Um, bear in mind, Estonia. I think they got one point from their eight games in qualifying for the Euros. Yeah, that's for the right. Euros. Yeah. yeah. So they go into pot parfait. So um. So that was already kind of predetermined to a point. So um, so Poland are playing Estonia in one part of that draw. And um, Finland, Ukraine and Iceland were in a kind of weird position where there were three teams going for two spaces in path B. And uh, essentially, so Iceland are playing Israel. Uh, Finland could have been drawn against either Bosnia and Herzegovina or Wales. And Ukraine came out first. So Ukraine... We'll play Bosnia and Finland go into path A um, again as a non-group winner in the Nations League. So they're going to play Wales. Um, the first leg of that is in Wales, so presumably in, in Cardiff on the 21st of March 2024. Uh, the winner of the semi-finals, so the winner of Wales v Finland will be at home on the 26th of March, which I think is a Tuesday evening in Helsinki. Uh, so if Finland win, uh, would be at home to the winner of Poland against Estonia. So 
again, this is the weird thing about I don't know how they're going to plan this. Uh, Palolita haven't really said yet, so um, they're going to hope that they have a home game on Tuesday the 26th, but uh, they absolutely definitely have a one-legged match against Wales, which go to extra time and penalties uh, on the 21st. So, uh, And the way yeah. this that you've mentioned path A, B and C, so each mm. path is two single-game semi-finals yeah. and then one single-game final, giving three teams this extra opportunity to get into the Euros. Yes, so because like Kazakhstan were in Finland's group for the Euros, but they'd already won their Nations League group, so they were already guaranteed a playoff position anyway. So, um, but they're in path C and they're playing Greece. Yes. But, um, but yeah, so again, we go back to a month ago, six weeks ago, when Finland took nil point from their games against Slovenia and Kazakhstan and with the benefit of hindsight... Had they drawn both of those games, then things would have been different. Yeah, Ali. Yeah, just to sort of carry on from what Rich was saying. I mean, it is, on, on one hand, I think this new format is good because it it gives more teams more um, opportunities to qualify. And of course, you know, um, countries like Finland should be you know the the biggest beneficiaries of this kind of new setup um, and, and format um but the fact that a team like like Kazakhstan you know I was at that Finland Kazakhstan game and they're not a very good team <laughs> um we've you know uh Mark you mentioned uh or Rich mentioned about Estonia getting one point uh from eight games with a Goal difference of minus 20. So Estonia are also a re- really not a very good team. Uh, so it sort of, you know, baffles me a little bit that, you know, Finland, who finished on 18 points, again, maybe we only have ourselves to blame with those, you know, the Slovenian, the Kazakhstan games in um, in October. But looking at it, you do sort of scratch your head and think it was a missed opportunity because now Finland have just, yeah, made their lives a little little more tricky because away to Wales, even though, you know, they're without Gareth Bale and maybe they're not quite the the team they were a couple of years ago, they're away to Wales in a wet Thursday night in Cardiff is certainly not an ideal game for us. No, I think that Slovenia game, you know, it, it, was, it was a real six-pointer in hindsight. If you take three points off of theirs and add three points to ours, then that that makes the difference as as well. Um, I'm I think the the home advantage for Wales is the one thing that concerns me a bit. I think they're not a good team and they're not in good form. Really. Okay, a draw with Turkey maybe that says it. It was a home draw with Turkey mm. having not. I think they lost to Armenia away, didn't they? So you know that that home advantage clearly means something, but. I'd much rather play them and then Poland rather than the other way around. Because I, we yeah. know last time we played Poland a few years ago, they they gave us a right kick in. Was, that, was it four or five, Rich? It was five five nil? Yeah. I think that was a yeah. pre Euro qualifier yeah. uh, friendly. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, again it's difficult because when you look at um, the last Euros and Finland had a, actually on on paper a similar record at the end of the group and they came second. Um, and this time around, because the group was closer, mm-hmm. and I think we talked about this when the draw was made, what, a year, 18 months ago, and we thought that you know, Finland really, that's the weakest in terms of overall quality. There wasn't a top, top team in there. But Finland lost both games to Denmark. They lost mm-hmm. to Slovenia. They lost to Kazakhstan. And really, that's why they didn't qualify. But they should have done. They mm-hmm. really should have come second in that group. Um, and I think... It is a lost opportunity because I think that when they did so well in qualifying for Euro 2020 um, and generally pretty well in the Nations League campaigns that they've had, uh, and now you're coming into it just thinking of this is difficult because I think going into these two games, um, you know, even if they do manage to beat Wales, and I mean, Finland's record against Wales isn't great. Uh, I know this isn't the Welsh team of of recent times, but still going there and then presumably having a home tie if they win against Poland. 
over 90 minutes, it's going to be tri- tricky. Uh, mm. And I think they've, they've only got themselves to blame, really. So just as a reminder, Rich, when did you say that, that Wales game is? Uh, so it's Thursday, the 21st of March. Okay, so we've got a few months to yeah. build up to that. Yes. There's a lot of... Actually, there's not a lot of football between then and now for the for the national team or for the, the Finland-based players, but... Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing there'll probably be a winter training camp again. It's yes, true. usually, again, perhaps not the elite players at the top leagues, but um, when you think now, a lot of the players, even players like Puki, will be in MLS and, and out of season. So I think um, if they do organise a winter training camp in January, then you might see a reasonable chunk of that first-choice squad Whereas in the past, it's been very much B team and Nordic based players. I think this time around, you might get a slightly stronger squad because yeah, you, I think you should this. focus on those two games mm. six weeks later or something like that. Yeah. All right. Shall we take a look at the the, the women's national team, the Helmerit? Um, they have the final two games in the the Women's Nations League campaign. Um, they are home to Romania on Thursday, the 30th of November, 6.45 kickoff. And then Tuesday, the 5th of December, away to Slovakia. Um, if you, with everything we've been talking about, whether you're watching or listening, if you just look at the very, I've started putting the link to the blog post at the very top because our notes are getting longer and longer with chapters and all sorts in there. So, Right at the top is the link to the, the blog post and everything we're talking about. It's even in the order of the blog post because the blog post now works as my a- agenda or script for the uh, for the show as well. So it's all in the order that we're talking about it. You can follow along with us. There's also the the links to the uh, where you can watch the games on uh, Ule Kaksi or uh, Ule Aren as well. Um, I normally get Keke to run through the whole squad um, shall I do that this time? Shall I be Keke, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about who's in and out. Yeah, you be Keke yeah. today. Do oh. your best Keke impression. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to insult him. Um, uh, basically, the goalkeepers: um, Tini Korpela, uh, Anna Tamminen, and Anna Koivunen from Bromma Poirkarna. Um, Looks to me like a Swedish club. I don't know that. I don't know that club. But Miller um, Mayasari is out for this game. Um, and Koivonen is in as a goalkeeper. In defence, uh, Natalia Kuika, Johan Johanna Tunnila, Evan Ustrom, Elli Pikkujamsa, Emma Koivisto, Dia Peltonen, and the... Um, irrepressible Anni Hartigain and she she really caught my eye in the last couple of games and I'm not so sure about a defender either she was up in the in the Daniel Hawkins role wide on the wide up front um in the midfield uh the Siren sisters Emmy and Orna Nora Herum uh, Emma Pelkurinen Katarina Kosola Evelina Summanen Bill McCoyvisto and Emmy Allenen and then finally up front, very familiar looking lineup mostly. Sunny Franci, Linda Selström, Jutta Rantala, Heidi Kollonen, Orna Sevenius, and then Lotta Lindström coming in from Hoyiko uh, Lindström. Um, Rich, there's a couple of uh, new faces in there that I've mentioned and a couple of people to uh, to make a comment about. Um, yeah, well, uh, as... Keke mentioned last time out and, and over the last few months, uh, Anna Taminen at Hamabu has, uh, she was voted the most valuable player in the uh, Dam Alsvenskan. Get that right. Um, after her record breaking run of 757 minutes without conceding a goal uh, and 13 clean sheets over last season um, in their title winning campaign. So um, again, it's an interesting one where it's almost like, uh, do, I mean, Ali won't remember this. Mark, remember when in the old days when they used to rotate the England goalkeepers? Yeah, yeah. Um, and right. it was, was it Clements and Shilton, I think it was. It was, yeah. yeah. And this seems like where we are with with Finland now, in that uh, Anna and uh, and Tini Korpola seem to 
rotate their games. Um, so I assume I'm not sure which order that, that one of each will start each of the two games. Yeah, pro- um, probably. I, I was I yeah. heard someone make a comment about Clements and Shilton the other day that that it was a really it, it was because um, the England manager Ron Greenwood couldn't decide who was best, mm. but. Actually, they were very different goalkeepers, and Clements yeah. was quite modern and sort of playing on the edge of his box and happy to use his feet a bit. And you know, it seems strange to think of that being the early eighties. Mm. Um, and Shilton was much more of a stay in your box sort yeah. of traditional goalkeeper. And switching between those two, it's like chalk and cheese. And they were playing alternate games as well. That's I, I don't know. Well, we'd have to keep an eye out on the styles of. Corpela uh, and Tamminen, but they're, they're modern goalkeepers in the modern era. So yes, and uh, and also uh, Evelina Summonen has signed a new contract with Spurs uh, until the end of the twenty five twenty six season in the WSL. She's done really well uh, since she's gone there. Um, and I think uh, just from what I've seen, I mean, again, I my kind of view of, of women's football is mostly English based. I've got gotten a few games over here and. Uh, uh, Jutta Rantala at Leicester has done really well uh, since she's moved there in the summer. I think she scored in her debut, and um, yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean that 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 starting spine of the squad is still looking really strong, and I think um, when you look at these two fixtures, and Finland are currently top of the group with four wins from four games, ten goals and none conceded. It would be a a nice bit of work from the squad to get through. Six matches, no goals conceded, six wins. I'd like yeah, that. and they're really they're really spreading the goals around among the team as well. Um, I think in in previous games there's been sort of three three different scorers in in a couple of the games, and that's that's good for the good for the team as well. Um, I think Sumanen has really really started to sort of stand tall among that among that team. She's becoming more and more important and, and creating goals with some really nice passing from there in the in the midfield. And as I said before, uh Anni Hartikainen was playing playing high wide um in the in the last game against Croatia and really caught my eye. She's quite small, very blonde hair and very noticeable somehow and very, very effective, very lively. So I'm looking forward to seeing her, what she can produce in these next two games. Um, just as a as a reminder, uh, the the home game against Slovakia, Finland won four nil, and then went away to uh, Romania in the next game and won that one nil. So, like you said, Rich, there's no goals conceded, and that could that could easily continue. I think. Yeah, hopefully, and I think again. You know, looking ahead, going up to to League A, presumably, um, will give them that little bit more regular competition as they're looking for qualification for the the next Euros. Um, and I think that that's the next cycle. This you know has been a very useful experience. I think as as Marcus Alaranta has stepped up from his junior position. I think he was the coach of the under 17s that went to the world cup a few years back and coming in. And this is why he's bringing in this sort of new blooding in this new generation of players that he's very familiar with. So I think as a, as a kind of overarching piece of work after the last regime where Finland got to the euros, but I think there was some, a lot of behind the scenes problems mm. there. And, and, you know, the goal was achieved of getting to the euros, but at what cost, I think now there's a, a much more sort of, balanced and a lot more sort of forward planning going into this and I think we're starting to see the benefits and hopefully that will go in like the men's team in the First Nations League there the momentum going forward mm. and and reaching that that next Euros Saloranta is the rive of the women's game coming from the lower lower ages and and making his making his mark in the in the first team yeah very much so um, and the only the only thing that's slightly nerve-wracking is once you step up into into league a there's some big names up there and mm. of course they're in league a they're there for for a reason but you only get better by playing against the better teams so if finland beat uh romania who are currently bottom with one point then 
that, that that's it. Group group one, and then they play Slovakia in the final game, who probably finish second in this in this group. Um, Ali, the first game is at home on Thursday the thirtieth. Will you be able to get there? Oh, this game's in Turku, actually, isn't it? It's not in here. Yeah. yeah, so the, the game, the game's in Turku, and uh, I will be at the Hoyakor Aberdeen game. Right. Uh, okay. Actually, so yeah, I was just looking at that, thinking, oh, I wonder if, uh, you know, maybe they will play next door at uh, the Olympic. But of course, they do often play in 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 Turku, particularly when there's um, things happening down in Helsinki. So yes. um, yeah, ho- hopefully they will still still be a, a good crowd supporting because yeah as you said you know one more win there'll be a step up in into into league a I, I think there was a little bit of a hangover for the team after the euros just for the first few games after that but it feels like they've they've sort of got rid of that shaking it off and um yeah i've been absolutely flawless this campaign yeah that's that's quite right well we we will come back after the two uh, Helmerich games. So this will be published on Friday 24th and we'll be back sometime after the 5th of December. And that might be our last show before a well-earned Christmas holiday because, you know, we've been podding really hard and I hope our listeners and viewers appreciate it. I'm sure they do. They haven't told us to stop yet anyway. Um. I think we'll leave it there. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thanks for being there. Hey, hey. And Ali, good to have you as well. Titos, hey, Buff. And listener, until the next episode of the Finnish Football Show, thanks for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter, at Explore Finland, at FC Swarmy, at Escape to Swarmy, at Kekimulari, and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.